You're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Yue here. Um, welcome to season two, episode fifty-three of the Collabcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Christine Minji Chang. Happy season two, everybody! Hello, and we're joined this week by our good friend who hasn't been on the show in like almost a year now. What? Or at least you know, eleven months. Naomi Ko, how's it going? Hey, what's up, everyone? Hey, guys, thanks for having me back. Yeah, Naomi is our friend who's actor, writer, all-around stuff maker. Savant, genius. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of adjectives. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, how's thank it going? You. Oh, you know, just living the dream all day, every day. I woke up this morning with a fucking humongous zit on my nose, and that's just how... That's how that's how I live, man. That's a that's a sign of stress, right? Are you stressed? Well, duh. I'm always <laughs> stressed out. Creative life is not an is not a uh, stress free life yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I was angry because I when I was back home in Minnesota, I went to the dermatologist and I said, "Hey, can you fix my face, please?" He was like, "Let me give you a prescription to fix your face." And therefore, I have a crater on my nose. Uh, you got to yeah, watch out for the, those. What was the what, what was the solution or her solution? Oh, his solution was um, this prescription strength acne cream. That's not just like oh benzoyl peroxide or whatever. I don't agree with any of that. See, because the skin is your body's largest organ. It's my bio nerd coming out, but. I don't believe, and this is my thing with doctors too, is my general mistrust with Western medicine. It's because they don't make money if you're fixed, right? Like they're going to do something to like alleviate the issue momentarily. And you're like, oh, it came back. Help me again. Well, that's more of an issue with pharma than doctors though. Because doctors, you know, if they don't treat you correct, they get sued. That's true. But then because, okay, let's, well, we can not go into how And insurance companies too. Like if they don't cure you, they have to keep paying money. So insurance companies are kind of incentivized to like at least like nip that at the bud, like make sure it doesn't happen again. Right? I feel like they will alleviate a symptom for as long as they can and then get you back. Well, I mean topical thing is not gonna cure your acne. <laughs> I think that's why there's different, you know, that's why, you know, pharma business wise it might make sense for them to not kill the problem. Yeah. They want to keep you yeah. healthy enough to keep <laughs> using the pill. But every time anyway. you use the pill, like the insurance company shells out money. So, you know. Yeah. That's why insurance companies nowadays are this is now this is my like health biz side coming because I studied that a little bit in school. Um that's why insurance companies aren't incentivized to um invest in preventative care for their their clients because if they can prevent you from getting the chronic diseases, then they don't have to pay for your chronic hospitalizations. All comes right? back to the money inside. See what you started, Naomi? <laughs> but- I, I'm just thinking that's great, you guys. But um, acne... She's like, my just, pimple sucks. Like, my, my fucking pimple is ruining my life. So, yeah, you know what? 
I don't care. I just fucking <laughs> let's just laser this. 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 <laughs> it's all right. Well, I uh, wanted to give a quick update. It's uh, Minji Sick Watch 2016. It's been a month in, and I think you're getting sick. I'm not. I'm nipping it in the bud. I'm just feeling my body's feeling run down. I'm very sensitive to it, so I'm gonna lay down a lot today. <laughs> I hope. Well, it's not helping that we have Naomi here because you know. I think she's getting sick too. I am. She's wearing way too many clothes for her normal Minnesotan I lifestyle. Am. She always gives me garbage about my jacket wearing. We were at okay. Oh, I'm wearing a sweater. I'm not wearing a down jacket. Okay. I'm not wearing one right now. Yeah, but when you go outside, you will. Because it's freezing. It's only 65 <laughs> degrees outside. With wind chill, it's like 55 degrees. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> man. Southern wind chill is. It's been cold. I don't care. <laughs> Guys can go jump uh, off It really is because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, glad to have you back, Naomi. Um, always great to have your input on things. We talk a lot outside uh, when we see each other at, at events. It's always cool to have your input on stuff. And now we can have it on tape again. Well, Naomi's been gone too. She was gone for a, over a month. Was it a yeah. month? Yeah, back at Minnesota. And mm-hmm. she was... I remember she was like mentally preparing herself for this... this trip back home to see how she could last and how much work she could get done it's always i mean i don't know for me like i love my family and i know some of my family is listening to this i love you guys but it's hard to be home again when you have your own home and your own life yeah it's especially adult. yeah it's especially really hard to go back home when you don't have a car that sucks yeah, oh my see. God, just mom, dad, <laughs> and me, and because my older sister, she just had a baby. Oh, so Ari. cute! Oh my God, Aria, so Aria, Aria is the best thing. I hate everyone but her, <laughs> and I love her so much. She's the best thing ever. Um, she really is. She's just so so cute. My my sister s- sent me a Snapchat like. Like yesterday, but it was 1 a.m. her time, 11 o'clock uh, Pacific time. And Aria was wide awake. And she goes, and she just, and Aria's just, she's just awake, eyes wide open. I'm like, oh, so precious. And my sister goes, I want to go to sleep. I said, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> How old is she now? Oh, man, it's February 3rd. Mm-hmm. She's like a few weeks, right? No, she's uh, like a month? Uh, over like six weeks now oh, wow so she's, she's still like a little baby but yeah she's, she's a little baby starting to look like a person now yeah. yeah she's got so much hair she got that co-hair yeah i was just saying i'm sorry but like you guys cannot see this but naomi's got a mane a fabulous mane of curly hair she just like we're sitting here talking and she just starts twisting it <laughs> twisting it twisting it and so she like lets go and it's in this awesome bun and i was like did you just do that without any hair tie or any clip of any any tool or mechanism and she's like yep is that like a impressive thing that uh, is an impressive no. thing i cannot do that with my hair <laughs> if you not... guys google naomi co on the googles <laughs> you'll, you'll, see, you'll see her you'll hair. see what we talk what we're talking about <laughs> yes and you can all be jealous and no i did not get a perm because that's the first thing a lot of people ask me did you get a perm no man just a lot of Genetic mutations because of uh, hundreds of years of inbreeding in my family. Okay, come on. First thing my mom did to me when I was five was get me a perm. So I had that hair as a five-year-old, but it took chemical treatment. 
Mm. And lots of money. I don't know why she did that. I always, yeah. It was the 80s. Yeah. Early 90s. Parents, <laughs> parents love doing that. Yeah. Parents. <laughs> parents You're love. a little doll. Yeah. But going back home, going back to that, besides just me talking about Aria, my favorite person in the world. Um, yeah. Going back home and dealing with my parents with no vehicle of my own and just all of us in that house my older sister i only have one sister my older sister jenny she's married she has a child now so that means that everyone has now reverted to me Mm -hmm. in terms of once again family mediator and then also uh what are you doing with your life Uh (laughs) uh-huh and like the holidays yes and my mom told me in the middle of the parking lot Outside of like Costco, right before Christmas, she goes, Unji, you don't have to 100% like somebody. You just only have to 50% like them <laughs> to get married. You figure it out after. She goes, when your dad and I married, we were negative 50%. And now we're plus 50. So I'm like, what? <laughs> so you're at 0% liking? And she goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that says quite an maybe more about, I don't know. Is it a Korean thing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying I've heard so many stories. There could there should be like a, a documentary or movie or something just about our parents' relationships. It's called Asian Love. No. Colon, no. The no. Documentary. No. Angry Korean immigrant love. <laughs> Colin, was moving to America the right decision? Question mark. Also, <laughs> was getting married the right decision? Question mark. Was having kids the right decision? Question mark. I parentheses. I guess so. Otherwise, the kids couldn't make this movie. Also known as I don't know. What did we just do? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what have we done? Oh, the movie. Dear. Well, I'm glad to see that you survived your trip home. Yeah, I was really happy. Was like us. she made it. <laughs> I'm alive. And you Snapchatted a lot. I saw that you snapped a little bit more while you. I were... was so bored. <laughs> was like, her computer. Yeah. Her 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 niece. Just all the things. Yeah, mostly. Oh look, Arya's sleeping. Oh look, Arya's sleeping. Oh look, Arya's sleeping on top of me. <laughs> nice. Oh look, it's snowing outside. I did that just for the Californians in my life. Mm. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, because I had to f- go freaking shovel the sidewalk in the driveway because my dad was too lazy but then it wasn't enough snow for us to bust out the snowblower so i have to do it by hand and ugh, you guys don't even know the struggle struggles i, I did that struggles. briefly when i was at sundance i was trying to be a good samaritan and i shoveled for like 45 seconds and then i stopped good for you i just tried to I, i'm owning up to the fact that i'm like i can't <laughs> deal with this Oh, Minji, I hope one day that <laughs> when you are on location for a future acting job, that you are not based in Toronto or anywhere in Canada during the oh, winter time. Or Chicago. Yeah, that's awful. Or yeah. anywhere along the eastern, like mid Yeah, I, I really New hope England. that your first TV show is on a lot in LA. <laughs> <laughs> just for you. Thank, just you. For, Thank your, you for being kind and wishing that upon me. Just, uh, just for your health and safety. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Well... Every week, we uh, start off our podcast with a roundtable discussion where each of our panelists bring a topic that's on their mind about social commentary or pop culture. Um, I guess I'll start off this week with what's been on my mind, and that's been this recent trend of not quite reboots, 
but like continuations of stories from our childhoods. Have you noticed that? Fuller House? Yeah, like Fuller House, X-Files, even um, Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Um, there's been this new trend of not just trying to appeal to our nostalgia, but actually continuing the stories of characters from, you know, that we've said goodbye to years ago. Money making. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's pretty cool. Honestly, I want them to bring back Fresh Prince. Thank you very much. I want more Carlton dance. Yeah, there's no more Uncle Phil. Oh, yeah. Rest in That's peace. what I'm saying. So you could still continue. Like, Are you yeah. saying Will Smith is the new Uncle Phil? Yeah. I'm saying Will Smith is still Will Smith. So. But then will he cast his son in, as the new Fresh Prince? I don't know. Prince? You don't have to cast his son for every freaking thing. Would that thing. make him the Fresh King? No. No, I think it would be really funny if... Will Smith was the new Uncle Phil type character, but then it's kind of based on his life. You know how Will Smith grew up in the streets in South Philly. So, you know, he knew what it was like, but then his kids have had this luxurious ass, you know, lovely Hollywood. Oh, look, mommy and daddy make so much money life that he brings his kids back to South Philly because they're so spoiled. And, and Will You goes, heard it here first. This I is the show. Like, <clears throat> first of all, Write that, sell it to, was it ABC? I don't know, which network ran? I have Fresh no Prince? idea which network ran Fresh Prince. I'm going to look it up. Keep I going. I forgot. Number two, I feel like that's, isn't that what Blackish is? No, no. they're still in the suburbs oh, of a wealthy right, right, neighborhood right, right. in LA. Those kids go to school with a bunch of white people. That's not <laughs> Blackish. I mean, Blackish, whatever. That's why it's ish. That's why it's ish, yo. Because they rich. <laughs> I'm not saying being black and rich makes you any less black, but I think it would be really funny if Will Smith actually brought his real life children and made them live in South Philly. Oh, it's NBC. Oh. I had no idea that Fresh Prince was an NBC show. Oh, yeah. NBC definitely needs to revitalize that because they are dying. Are they? <laughs> they lost all their comedies. Like, their their comedy block is gone. What? Actually, I was on the lot last week hanging out with uh, a friend, Michael Golemko, who's a writer for Grimm. And so I got to be on like the NBC lot. He's oh, saying Keiko, that- our friend Keiko was filming an episode of Grimm right now. Yeah, nice. in Portland. Get- Shout out to Keiko. This is going to be a good year for you, girl. Yeah, she just. Oh, yeah. Gilmore Girls. And is Gilmore Girls too. is coming yeah. back. They really needed to redo that because that last season was crap. So I hear. See, I haven't caught up with these things. You know, it's not that they happen. I wasn't a big like WB show watcher. I only watch Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Of course you would watch Dawson's Creek. (laughs) You're totally that 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 girl. (laughs) And I have the utmost respect for Michelle Williams. I think she's a brilliant actress. Um, They're all great. They're all great. uh, I thought, well, okay, I didn't like her character in that show, but I think she has grown into like, she's done some really amazing stuff. Dawson Creek is the one with um, Vanderbeek, right? Yeah, Yeah, where's Vanderbeek? He's done some stuff. Yeah, he he usually plays. <laughs> he usually plays a uh, comedic, like impressions of himself. That's good. So he makes fun of himself. Joshua a lot. Jackson's a great actor. Oh, right now he's uh, doing a play with my friend slash uh, dear white people co-star in New York what? called Smart People. That's awesome. And I saw the poster yeah, for it, for it, and it has him, a black woman. A white woman and an Asian American woman. Snap! I was like, "What? That's diversity right there, yo!" <laughs> so United Colors of Benetton. He'll always be Charlie. Yeah. From the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Oh my Lady. god. <laughs> oh my god. 
oh, Mighty Ducks is just everything. It is everything. I love That's that my childhood. That is your childhood. That is my I, childhood. And it is my childhood by like, t- like by just watching and experiencing uh, and loving. You know. So they should bring them back. And yes. 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 I am Estevez down character. for that. I'm so. You'll be like a lawyer who like forgot how to play. It'd be the same movie. It'd be like Creed. Creed is also a movie where. Yeah. A continuation. A, 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 a continuation also where a rich, privileged African-American dude comes back to the slum <laughs> of Philly I to find his soul. I wouldn't call Creed about rich African-American dudes coming back into the city. They were kind of poor to start off with in Creed. Yeah. Well, I mean... Well, Apollo Creed was always... Well, when he no, came in... like, what's his... Adonis Creed was started off... Well, I guess started off in juvie. Yeah. And I'm spoiling this, the intro, but it's just the first 10 minutes. But went to live in L.A. with his dad's rich mansion and then back to Philly. I guess I'm just saying the story beats. I guess very so. T- yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I guess. I guess so. No, I, but guess I, want the, I want the Mighty Ducks continuation to go back to that. I would really like for that. To you end. know, and I would love it to be about a ragtag team of adult individuals trying to get a hockey team together. To bring play. back the gang like for one last like <laughs> no we no, gotta no. save the community center like <laughs> yeah. a very special episode. yeah and then and then what there's this asian girl who needs to be a part of this hockey team too <laughs> who's also from minnesota <laughs> you like the team manager no, I would be on ice. She wants ice. to be the enforcer. She wants to no, be... No, you be the manager. Like, you think that you're there to just, like, run things and get the whatever. No, she'll be the new Fulton. That's like, what I'm new, saying. Like, and, then she, and then she becomes, like, the unexpected Fulton. Like, yeah. kicks ass and, you know. The goon. I could see you being, like, a hockey goon. Oh, hell yeah. yeah She'd, like, yeah. be checking people and be like, get out <laughs> I have way! the body stature for her. I'm pretty tall and pretty wide, so... <laughs> Just see, you could could you imagine me with hockey equipment on and just checking people left to right? It's frightening, just, but uh, very accurate. Uh, I could see that. I can see that. Let's make it. Wait, we don't Disney, have the rights. Let's make it. <laughs> we don't have the rights to it. Um, but yeah, um, it's pretty awesome because these are all, I guess, um, using a business term, IPs, like properties with a built-in fan base. Who, in this day of digital distribution and being able to release stuff to specific audiences. You don't have to worry about what if like the other mainstream people don't care about because you got like a couple hundred thousand millions of people who will watch anything that right. brings these characters back. Um, Look what I- they do with Dumb and Dumber 2. That was like, what, 20 <laughs> years later? Yeah. Right? Like, Jim yeah. Carrey and Jeff Bridges are smoking. Yeah. They're just smoking a blonde. They're like, should we do it again? Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. the damn yeah. thing. Because... I've heard that the new X Files isn't that great, but people who love X Files will watch it anyways because it's Motor and Scully back together, which they haven't had for the last like four seasons of the show, anyways. That mm. makes me annoyed. well. First right. of all, Anaconda, our lovely friend Anaconda, she wrote up a posting. It's so bad. Make it stop. Mercy kill it. Like she said, it's really bad. So I don't know, and I think I, I'm down to give it a shot. Like I want to watch an episode. I heard the latest episode is pretty good. Um, it's more of it's one of their more comedic t- style episodes. You know, X Files is kind of. They had its it funny was, moments. It was a groundbreaking show back then. Um, and then they had, you know, they had the, the horror-based shows or, like, the the more comedic, like, the genie episode comes to mind. Um, it mainly scared the living daylights out of me. Well, you're pretty sensitive Shut to, Shut up, but like, it scared me. Well, I, I, I watched, the, I watched the, the grittier ones. I remember those are mm. the main ones. And then one of them was, like, kind of funny. I was like, oh, what is this? I was so taken yeah. aback. Like, you know... Then, 
I, I mean, I disagree. Like, I think X-Files reboot is doing pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be considerably a lot worse. But knowing, like, having faith in the franchise, it's going to be a nice slow burn. And the last two episodes are going to be blowing everyone's mind. Just nice yeah. just like that <laughs> and then and then scully can we talk about how julie anderson gets you know, oh my gosh she's so, so yeah. hot <laughs> she's so hot she's so beautiful just as she gets older better with age yeah for sure and older she's just hot i mean <laughs> i watched i'm I, i'm not gonna watch carol that movie that kate blanchett and the girl who knocked off the dragon tattoo movie um I just have no interest in watching a period piece about lesbians until I get my period piece made. <laughs> and then we'll talk. It's not. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Two white ladies. Oh, one's rich. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. Wow, great. They, she lo- does look great. they love each other. Blah, blah, blah. Confirmed. But I was, I would like to do a Carol version between Gillian Anderson and I, I'm just saying like, <laughs> if there should be a continuation of Carol called Kate, and it's, and it's about a modern day romance about or whatever it could be like the 70s a 70s love romance between forbidden love couple. hey you got the hair yeah. the inner you know love between a older white woman played by gillian anderson and that young asian plaything written <laughs> played by <laughs> Naomi you're like i will objectify myself to no end i am the young asian plaything <laughs> Well, I'm never cast as the young Plasian. <laughs> young Plasian is the new the buzz. Yeah. Like, casting offices yeah. everywhere. Like, give me a Plasian. <laughs> young yeah, Nicole. Asian plaything. I'm more of, uh, oh, we need someone who's going to be angry for a good five-minute scene. <laughs> Yo, I'm here. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think if we're going to talk about reboots... Carol reboot to Kate about <laughs> starring Killian. Is there like a statute of limitation? Like obviously there isn't. There's you can you can take your sweet time. Would would a year turnaround for this reboot be too soon? I think that's more I of a not. sequel. Wouldn't, yeah, right? just be a sequel. Then let's do a sequel then called <laughs> <Yeah>. Kate. I'm <laughs> Hollywood. I am just giving you ideas <laughs> left to right today. Let's just make There's things an abundance happen. Of ideas, they should be really okay. Thanking us. Star Wars Episode Eight obviously needs to star Minji. You can visit Duh. her at christineminjichang dot com. Exactly. And then, have you looked um, at my casting call yet? I haven't. Are they done? Is it done? I need no. to know. <laughs> it's 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 not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, I can say that as as it's not as an insider. Yeah, no, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I really think like come on, just Kate. I'm really gonna pitch this super hard today, you guys. Kate, a loving bidding romance between two closeted lesbians played by Gillian Anderson and the Asian plaything, the Plasian <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Ko. Make it. Make it work. I think I got our, our next Oscar winner here. We do. We got one going. One last thought on this before we move on is, um, what do you guys think about like stories that we've ended, right? A lot of times the characters have you know, their happy ending and then everyone kind of like, what happens later is kind of left to the imagination. What do you guys think about people coming back and you know continuing that, that story? 
I mean, there's always that curiosity. If you cared about the characters, you do want to know what happens. I think that's such an easy sell. Then you're like, I want to know what happened. Did they end up together? Did they have babies? Why did they get divorced? Is she fat? Is she, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> except, except don't, don't disappoint me. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the play. <laughs> I'm just saying because, you know, once again, that's going to be a reboot because it's, you know, the last movie came out when? Like 2011? Um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And it's been until like t- t- 2007 since the book. Yeah. I know the dates pretty well, vividly. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, it's some milestones in my life. And Do you have all the books? Can I borrow them? They're back home in Minnesota. Oh, damn you. Um, anyway, you should just buy the ebooks on uh on pottermore because then the proceeds don't go to any book publisher or bookstore it goes straight to jk rowling's nonprofit that she gives to people nice you know just plugging harry potter all day every day um we're going to talk more about harry potter later but (laughs) always always she always finds a way to get into the conversation oh no we're going to talk about harry potter later. yeah we're gonna i I know what's coming we're we're really going to talk about (laughs) harry potter Mm. but However, I, I mean, I, as somebody who has dabbled in fan fiction and who really is invested in the franchise, which is the Harry Potter franchise, you know, am I saving money to go to London next year to go see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on stage? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no doubt about it. I'm going to no question. <laughs> I mean, am I going to go into debt probably for this? I, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I, you know. Priorities, and, whatever. Yeah. Yellow. I don't want to. I don't want to be disappointed because not only of my financial investment, but also my my personal investment into Harry Potter. Man, I'm just saying. Okay, we don't have to talk about this anymore. So sorry. So sorry. Minji, what's on your mind? What's on my mind is uh, the happiness I'm having. So actually, I just realized I don't need to download the ebook. I can go to the library, which is what I did on Saturday. It's like the best now, you've thing You've been going, going on a library binge, but not to get actual books. Yeah, to get actual books. On tape? Want to see my bag of actual books? Marvin. So you're reading while listening to books? Are you reading along? I'm reading other things while also... So this is my direct resolution because I was saying that I wanted to listen to more podcasts and I wanted to listen to to more than just Justin Bieber all the time. Though I do love Love Yourself. What do you mean? And what do you mean? (laughs) And then his lovely ex-girlfriend, Selena, is coming out with like her little pop hits. And I'm like sitting there wondering, are they ever going to get back together? And oh my God, TMZ saw them together. Well, Is Selena out of the clutches of Disney yet? Or is she still... No, she's been out of Disney for years, Marv. Get with the times. God. See, but okay, this is my point. Like, I don't want to be caught up in all that every day. It's the same songs. Everyone knows it's like same songs over and over and over and over again. So I went and uh, borrowed some audiobooks to keep me company on my drive so that later when I come home and rest, I can read an actual book. So I got to read plays, yo. I got to work. But anyways, I've been listening. I've been through three already since Saturday, and it's been awesome. That's how much people drive in L.A. I mean, I just realized I spend a lot of time in my car. I'm already in my third audiobook. That's a lot of words. Yeah. But um, they're amazing. And they're people that I adore, and it's better to hear them speak their actual words than to just read them. So I listened to Ellen Ellen DeGeneres, Seriously, I'm Kidding, which is really great. It's just her quips and jokes about life. And then I'm listening to Aziz Ansari, Modern Romance. 
That's a good one. It's a good one. I'm not done with that one yet, but like I, I read his Time article. Did you read that? Yes. Yeah, which is like an abridged version and him just kind of summarizing it, but it's still really, really good. And then I'm also re-listening to Yes, Please by Amy Poehler, who's like my idol, and I want to be best friends with her. But it's so good. Have you listened to any? Do you, or are you just podcast frenzy? I mostly just listen to podcasts in yeah. the car, um, but I have a backlog of books I need to read or I want to read. Free books, you guys. So I'm saying the library is amazing. And this is funny for actors, too, because I go to class every two nights a week and we're always talking about books and going to Samuel French or like buying them from Amazon, like seven to ten dollars a pop. Like they are available for free at the library for three weeks. I do photocopies. <laughs> I do love the library. However, I am a book hoarder. Yes, I am. I've been. I'm too. a huge book hoarder. Um, when I was living in Minnesota, and at my parents' house, there are over 400 books in my room at my parents' house. <laughs> wow. Um, Hence my, your in, in, exceptional intelligence. Just saying. Um, I'm a really big book nerd, and when I was moving, first moving, you know, to LA way back when, you know. I wouldn't, you know, like, coming coming to L.A. and living here half part time. Um, my sister and I, she she says, you can only bring 10 books. And my first not like, happening. My first um, reaction was shut up, go away. <laughs> and, and then um, we I like narrowed it down to 50. And she goes, that's not 10 books, Dungy. That's 50 books. And then we had to painfully go through book by book. She goes, why do you like this? I said, I just do. And she goes, then no, you're not bringing it. So how many do you have now? How many made it? Um, well, since my, uh, because I now only mostly fly Southwest now, so I can get that two free check bay Hell yeah. thing. Um, I, I've smuggled maybe like 10 more books. Very nice. Good. But slowly but surely, I shall bring more books. But then you got to haul that every time you move. That's the annoying part. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have furniture. I have like... I don't have mag- children. I have yeah. my books. They are my children. <laughs> my precious. My precious. My precious. Yeah, that's good though. Yeah, I think um, I don't really have a book hoard. I have a DVD hoard back when I used to work for a studio because you get all the DVDs. Oh, when you worked but, at Sony. Yeah. Um, but lately, yeah, I don't. Most of my hoard, like I. I've gotten into buying all my media digitally now. I used to be really into buying physical things, mm-hmm. but now it's like I can just get it now on I'm Amazon. Saying, free things at the library and you give them back. So yeah, you hoard you, for a moment. But then you have to go to the library. It's That's the best part. I don't know. I love it there. <laughs> no, the library is great. I really do. Great. I love the smell of books. Depending upon which library you're going in the <laughs> Los Angeles area, I'm just saying, yo. Yeah. I'm it just was, saying. It was, it was really fun. To just kind of go there. And it's like a good, for me, it's like a bridge because I'm listening to something. I said CD. Is that digital? I mean, I'm listening to an audio file versus reading the actual physical book. But I was like, this is a way to be efficient because I'm consuming the book in the best way possible. Because all three people, I'm just saying, Ellen DeGeneres, Aziz, and Amy Poehler, they have very distinct voices. Like, Yes, I agree. And it's it's yeah. awesome to hear their words in their turn. And the Amy, did, I mean, I know you have your feelings about Amy Poehler. But what she did with her audiobook, she freaking brought in different characters to speak different parts of her life, which are, it's hilarious. She That's wanted, pretty smart. She wanted Kathleen Turner to talk all her angsty parts, which is so funny because she has that Jessica Rabbit, like, deep, yeah. hello, darling. It's <laughs> so funny. She got Patrick Stewart on her audiobook. It's 
awesome. Nice. So you gotta give it a go. Anybody who's down. Yeah, I wonder if Anthony Bourdain narrates his own books. That's what I'm saying. I think it'd be dope, like, right? Like, they're figures and they have their voice and, you know, you get to hear their thoughts, their innermost, well, whatever extent they're willing to share their innermost thoughts in a book. But you get to hear it directly from them. I think it's dope. And Aziz is just hilarious. I'm so obsessed with this book right now. It's so good. So what books are you actually reading with your eyes? I'm reading books that are plays. That's what I am actually reading. Studying your craft. I'm studying my craft. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm reading tons of plays right now. It's hard, and that's a whole other topic, but like finding characters that I could play as a young... I play 20-something characters, you know, 20-something-year-old characters, and finding a character that is 20-something-year-old female and that a woman of color could play, really hard. You can probably still play high school, though. I mean, come I on. They know. had like 30-year-olds playing Dawson's Creek. Okay, bring it back to <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Yes, technically. I'm sure there, there's some production that would hire me to play a teenager, but I don't want to. Yes. But anyways, like the uh, place. How I Learned time. How to Drive would be a good one. Okay. You need to tell me. You know. I'm sure you yeah, know. Yeah, I know a lot of plays. Tell, tell me which one's I have three. a feeling like Naomi's room is pretty much a library. I'm sure. From what I've heard. Well, she's smuggling them back. <laughs> so we'll go to the treasure trove that is Naomi's room. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll bring you. I'll bring you some some stuff. I got a whole collection of plays. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Cool. I, you know me. I always recommend Shakespeare. Yeah, I love Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I did Shakespeare for a class, and my teacher. This is gonna excuse my French, but he told me that I took Shakespeare and I made it my bitch. That's what he said when I did Shakespeare. That's pretty good because a lot of people can't pull off Shakespeare. Yeah, that's why I love the challenge. Now, I don't think people can't pull it off. I don't think people know how to. Yeah, well, because no, they don't like, get yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. It's such a different language. And and it's really funny when, you know, the reason, you know, I think it's really funny when people are like, oh, Shakespeare's so hard, or when I hear actors try to pull off Shakespeare. And there's a reason why we learned iambic pentameter before we even talk about Shakespeare. Because you have to know how beats and the rhythm flow to actually convey what Shakespeare's trying to say in a cohesive and understandable way. But a lot of people don't. Like, yeah. That's just part. You just get handed the book. Here's Romeo and Juliet. Go for it. And you're like, oh, Romeo, Romeo, <laughs> where for out that Romeo? Deny thy father. Deny thy name. Teen angst. <laughs> now you're just mixing plays. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Once more to the breach, dear friends. <laughs> all the plays in one. But yeah, like Shakespeare plays are all about. It's pretty much like teen movies back in yeah. Shakespeare times. Yeah. Like, Tame they're the all about young people get falling in love and being dumb about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my favorite's Hamlet because he's just, oh, come <laughs> on, you guys. I Ultra want, emo. I just want to die. I just have so many but feelings. But I can't kill myself. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm pretty sure my uncle's a murderer, but but like God, my no, mom my real is such, dad. <laughs> my mom is such a whore. And my sister's crazy. <laughs> he doesn't have a sister. Wait, Ophelia is Ophelia is his, his fiance. What? Yeah, fiance. I don't remember it's Shakespeare. His love. It's his love. Okay, we can move my, on to another girl. topic. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to talk about Shakespeare. Anymore. Naomi, what's on your mind this week? Oh, <laughs> you know our good friend Jenny Yang. Oh. She posted something on my Facebook wall about Craig Frigerson, the uh, previous late night host on CBS, is now doing a history show on the History Channel about how just all these people are talking about history together. And I watched the trailer and I'm so mad. 
Why? Did, well, did this is the art historian. Your, are you talking about your field of expertise? Well, I'm just mad because I wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, is it really, really bad? They stole your flave. That's what they happened. They need to be on it. Well, first, they have no people of color on that show. And they're primarily talking about white people history, which I was... Well, not white people, but Western history from mm. definitely a Western point of view and a definitely a colonialist and imperialist point of view. You know, him being from the United Kingdom and us being living in America. Mm-hmm. But, I, man, I'm just so That's bummed. not really surprising. Yeah. But eventually, Craig Ferguson will need a successor, so... I mean, maybe he'll just, I don't know. Don't you want to go live on a tropical island, Craig Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> I was just really bummed because I was talking to Jenny and talking to Scott Okamoto about how I really want to do a history program or an art history program that I could talk about the things that I really love, dead people and dead things. <laughs> and and I'm so bummed out that the show was happening because I thought, oh, my God, there's nothing like this before. And not just people talking about it drunk, like drunk history. I don't like drunk history. I'm sorry. First of all, you're not even funny drunk history. You're just you guys just sound like a bunch of dudes who don't you you just you guys are just a bunch of dudes who just went to one history lecture before you skipped out the whole entire semester. Right. I'm, I don't I don't ever count on that to be particularly accurate. Some of them are pretty freaking funny to me just because they're stupid drunk. Yeah, but, but they're not but, even funny, stupid drunk. They're yeah, just, I know. They're just, uh, you know, like the bombs were <laughs> dropped on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> bombs, boom. Okay, <laughs> awesome. That's um, great. Really, really. Thanks, bye. So you it's know. like a less funny drunk history? No, I think it's going to be really funny because it looks like he's getting uh, a collection of people who may be even historians, experts, PhDs, Mm -hmm. and then also celebrities who are historical fanatics. Sorry, obviously they want to bring in the foremost expert of um, the Ottoman Empire. Yes, me. That's what you have to just remind them. Like, hi, I'm here. You have to bring that to their awareness. (laughs) I know, but I wanted to do it. I wanted it to be me, you guys. Well, they're working out. You know what the funny thing is? This could be, again, being the eternal optimist. They're working out all the kinks for you. True. That's true. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Well, then I just won't do history. Then I'll do art history. All of my things will be based upon things that were painted or sculpted or built. How about that? Take it. Take that, Craig. Take that, (laughs) Craig. Idea stealer. Craig. I think it's Craig and Scotland, right? Craig. 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 Take back your Lagavulin and nah, nah, nah. Oh, bring that Lagavulin with me. <laughs> I want the Lagavulin. Are we going into Ron Swanson territory now? No, we're going to Great Whiskey territory. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear Lagavulin. I think of Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson. Yes. With his steak. I want steak. No, but I mean, I'm pretty excited for that show. I think, you know, I always get excited no matter what when people talk about history because obviously we don't talk about it enough. No, not at all. And it's really different type of programming. Yeah. And, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty interesting. You know, I felt bad for, you know, I always feel bad in terms of like succession when these late night shows happen, when David Letterman retired and then Craig Ferguson, he didn't get promoted. You know, Stephen Colbert came, which by the way, I mean, I love the 
what Stephen Colbert is doing. He's fusing something very interesting. Did yeah. you guys see that video of Yo-Yo Mao and Misty Copeland dancing and playing together? No. I so Yo-Yo not. Mao was playing the cello and Misty Copeland was dancing and they were improving with each other, playing off of each other. It, it's amazing. And if you guys don't know, Misty Copeland is the first African-American principal dancer at the um, American Ballet, Ballet Company. Right? Yeah, yeah. The most prestigious in our country. And then Yo-Yo Mao, you know, the the cellos of the world and it was just that's just so amazing that Stephen Colbert has has those kind of collaborations on late night television because it it's a different type of art right instead of just oh hey my name is other white dude and I'm a stand-up comic and I'm here to like give you my three-minute bit about uh why smoking marijuana is great and farting is awesome (laughs) (laughs) but anyway back to Craig Ferguson I feel bad because you know Late night succession, you know, he, he, you know, in protest of not being promoted, he was like, by CBS. And, and uh, you know, having a historical talk show is pretty, pretty cool in that way. Very gutsy because, yeah, yeah it's not like a standard like, oh, this is guaranteed gold. Like, yeah. not that many people are into watching a talk show about history. I totally am. I know that you are. And I love that about you. But I'm saying, like, yeah. let's let's think of. Yeah, m- I like drunk history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the drunk history episode when they're talking when uh, Stephen Yoon yeah. was, um, he was on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I thought I thought that was see like that kind of episode of drunk history is so great because not a lot of people know about that story. A lot of people don't even know the contribution that Japanese Americans made in during World War Two. All they think, oh my god, nah, 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 and they say that horrible three letter word that I'm not going to say and. <laughs> And Pearl Harbor and blah blah blah, and that's and I think that's that's great. That's why I love Allegiance. Yeah, and I'm so bummed that Me too. that it's endings I'm run so next sad. week. I know that's why our viewer, I mean our listeners in New York, go see Allegiance. If I think most of our can. friends did. Yeah, our collab New York people went. I think a few of them went. A couple of them went to the yeah one of the and uh, they met George shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Anyway, you know, we should, you guys should have Greg Watanabe, who, who is one of the principal members. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah. So you guys should have him on the podcast. He's super cool and does a lot of great stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested. My challenge out now to you, Craig Ferguson, that now that you stole my idea, (laughs) Jesus, were you reading my mind? He's reading your (laughs) thought journal. This is a great idea. Did you read my ideas journal? Yeah, I should lock and key that secure that secure 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 it secure it secure it security secure it and uh but i would challenge him to really talk about history that is important like such as the ottoman empire and in case you need any experts on the field we're putting this out there into the universe for it to be manifested immediately but um but you know, just just getting into a non-Western um, his, historical way of thinking. Because you'd be surprised how Eastern way of thinking can influence the way you look at Western history. I'm just saying from a history nerd like me. Anyway, <laughs> we don't have to talk about this anymore because you, we can be here until 10 o'clock tonight. <laughs> we'll have to bring her back on to talk more about history. But um, before we chat more with our friend Naomi, um, we're going to take a quick break and talk about some collab updates. (music) 
And this collabcast is brought to you by the Collaboration Movement, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, and connecting the cool people doing cool things in our community. I always can't land the last part. I don't know why. Maybe I should write something down. But yeah. <laughs> hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast.、Um, what's going on in collaboration this week? We're still recruiting.、Um, if you're interested in joining us in any of our 14 cities, including Minneapolis, yes. Please、um, shoot us an application. It, you can find it at www.collaboration.org. Join today. Yeah. Seriously. It's a lot of fun. It's a great, it's a great organization. Soup's fun. <laughs> I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. You're going to meet great people, you're going to do great work. So just、Naomi. sign up.、Naomi's, so just sign up right now. You know me so much better than I am. Just do it. Yeah.、Um, we're looking for anybody, no matter what experience you have,、um, who is interested in、um, producing events, producing content, and just supporting the community as a whole. So if you have any experience in event production, in digital in video editing, in video shooting, in even just admin, we need people to help us you know, keep, keep track of people. Just being organized, being a good person to connect with. and... Being a leader. Honestly, my, one of my main selves with collaboration is develop yourself as a leader because everyone is the captain of their own ship. And main, one of the main things that I learned through collab and I've heard from other people anecdotally is that it really kind of stretched them in ways that they didn't expect and it showed them how much they could do that they didn't know that they could do. So, all the things. It's a fun experience. It's what you、yes. make out of it. So, do it. Yeah. We're also looking for writers for our collaboration blog. If, you, if you're interested in covering the Asian American experience,、uh, either by interviewing cool people in your community or checking out cool events or even just reacting to things that happen in the world, we're going to add more adjectives to that cool thing. So it's cool things, it's infuriating things, it's, it's、cool. mind numbing things, it's <laughs> astonishing things, it's really basic things that some people just don't talk about. These are all the stories that make up our experience. So, Um, please come contribute if you're interested in developing、yeah. as a writer. Yes, it's, it's a great platform. Seriously.、Yeah. Doesn't matter where you're from because、um, our writers come from all across the United States, including outside of our 14 cities. So if you're interested, check out、um, the application is on the website again, www.collaboration.org. Check out the Get Involved section for links to the blog writer application. Yeah, Asians from like Missouri. Let's hear from you guys. <laughs> Where are you at? Where are you at? What, what, what's it like? That'd be really interesting. Alabama. One of our writers is actually、Tennessee. from Missouri. Oh, cool. St. Louis. Oh, dang. Okay, what about Kansas then? <laughs> 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 let's go to all the states. Yeah.、And、West finally, Virginia, come on. <laughs> and, and finally, we're always looking for emails、um, with questions, comments, and just fun stuff we can read on the air. If you have a question for us, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org.、Uh, we're also on a lot of platforms for you to subscribe to, so you can share with your friends. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher,、uh, we're in the process of getting approved for Google Play Music. And we just joined Clamor, which is a new service where you can listen to snippets of all our episodes to see、um, highlights and have a general idea of what episodes you might want to listen to if you, you're new to the podcast. And finally, if you are on any of the services that offer ratings, we would really appreciate it if you give us a quick review on iTunes or later on Google Play or even, you know, plug us on your blog or Facebook.、Um, we、give、really appreciate it. Five stars. <laughs> if you just,、um, just by merely rating and reviewing, 
um, you help us rise in the ranks of the whatever algorithm iTunes uses to serve a podcast. Um, I did actually take a look at our ratings on iTunes, and we have nine five star ratings. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, guys. See, and asking we, ye shall receive. We do have reviews too, so I'm going to read a couple. Our first review comes in from DJRN. DJRN writes, "You guys rock." Thanks so much for giving me something interesting and entertaining to listen to during my commute home from work. I appreciate that you help foster much needed, much needed dialogue on relevant topics in our Asian American community. Keep them coming. Dave in LA also gave us five stars. He wrote, love it. Love your podcast. Keep up the great work. Smiley face. A much needed show. Five stars from the green Korean. Las Vegas. Um, he writes, Minji and Marvin are great hosts with good chemistry. They bring a much-needed view of Asian culture to the podcast landscape and society in general. Great and enter- entertaining show from Chris. Thanks, and finally, Chris. Um, our next review is from Boba Girl. Great discussions with a dose of randomness. Five stars. My go-to Asian American podcast. So thank you everyone for writing such great reviews, and for the rest of you guys, just um yeah, shoot us a, a review, and we will also read it on the air if it's five stars. All right. Um, that's it for this week. Um, now back to the show. Welcome back to the Collabcast. Marvin Yue reporting in along with Christine Minji Chang and Naomi Ko. What's up? That was, <laughs> that was unison. So, Naomi, what's up? I hear you're uh, reading some fan fiction soon. Yes, um... I am going to do another reading of my homoerotic Harry Potter fan fiction, Unlikely Love at Mortified. I did my first performance back in October, and I will now be going to San Francisco for three performances next weekend on Friday in San Francisco. It's sold out. Uh, Oakland at 4 p.m. I mean, 5 p.m., which is still open. And then uh, 7 p.m. is sold out as well. Oh, my God. I yes. cannot wait. Is this going to be recorded? It's already been recorded. Yeah. Um, we just haven't put it on the podcast quite yet, but um, nice. it will be recorded again three <laughs> more times in San Francisco. So for people who don't know what more, the Mortified Podcast is, what is the yeah. Mortified Podcast? Yes. So um, Mortified is a podcast where people uh, read the stuff that they wrote when they were adolescents. So nice. I wrote my homoerotic Harry Potter fan fiction when I was like 13. <gasps> yeah. I love it. Okay. So keep going. So, um, yes, I wrote it because I was really into writing fan fiction when I was younger. Who did you ship? What do you mean? Who's getting busy? Oh, <laughs> Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy. Oh, of course. Yeah. Unlikely love, right? <laughs> Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Mm. <laughs> Or meets Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> Not verses. There are no verses going on. Um, so I wrote a lot of fan fiction when I was younger. And um, there was a site called fanfiction.net, which is still a very popular site. And I really wanted to become fan fiction famous. And the only way I knew I was going to do that was by writing a homoerotic fan fiction between Harry Potter and Drake and Malfoy. Because those are the ones who always got the best hits, best reviews, and all of that. So you did your research. Yeah. Well, nobody wanted to read about my awesome other fan fiction, so I just did it, and I and I wrote this one that still no one read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But now everyone will hear. Yeah, everyone (laughs) everyone will hear. And now everyone will know me as the pervert. (laughs) Naomi the perv. Um, Yes, but... You wave your freak flag, girl. (laughs) That's so interesting because I'm trying to think back to stuff that I wrote back when I was like a preteen. And I will feel like I would never (laughs) share that those things. Also, they're all destroyed. (laughs) Or so he says. He wants us to believe that they're destroyed. I don't fully believe it. So I guess what makes this piece really funny is that as a 12-year-old Naomi, I had no idea how anatomy worked. Or just, or just how sexuality worked, and sex in general. So, like nobody is doing it right in my in my fanfic. Oh my god! Well, you're I, gonna read this. Yes, I, I, I am. Three shows in San Francisco. I can't believe two of them are already sold out. How did this process go? So you've known about this website for a long time, and so you just yeah. volunteer. You like you volunteered yourself as tribute. Yeah. Did you bold like all caps Harry Potter fan (laughs) erotic fan fiction so they couldn't miss it? No, man, they're just like the minute I sent to them, they're they just were like, "Hey, we need you on the show right away." (laughs) Like, like we need you right away. Come, come up here now. So yeah, immediately. Yeah, I I mean, you know, and I'm I'm always a big fan of those types of shows because you know as a writer. Um, a lot of my stuff don't, doesn't get showcased mm-hmm. and you know, I'm, I do the moth a lot and well, not a lot, but I do the moth occasionally and that's pretty nice, but that's a little bit more amateurish, no offense to the moth story slam, but you know, they don't, they, they feature like published writers and writers of substance, but you know, you have to be their qualification of a, of a writer of substance. And I believe I am a writer of sus- substance, but they don't think so. Was that the competition you were just in? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was in there. the moth grand story slam. So I won oh. one of my uh, moth story slams and then I went on to the grand story slam championship, which is great. Yeah. And you're first up, which is hard. Yeah. That was not by choice. Yeah. I'm just saying. Drawing it out of a hat. And that crowd was huge. Like yeah. I, I, I had never heard of the moth before you told yeah. me about it. So when I went, it was, it was a crazy experience yeah. to see so many people there. Yeah. And there are really great stories. Like mm. your story is incredible. And I know your story prior to hearing you share it on that stage. But like everyone's got crazy stories. And for people who don't know what the moth is. The moth is a story um, storytelling event where people will share five minute stories and then you get judged on it. Um, and that the moth is something that started in New York and is now featured on NPR. Nice. Yes. Um, so, um, you know, as a writer, it's really hard to kind of have your work showcased, especially since I'm a writer. I write film and TV and. You know, if you're one of, if you're literally in the 1% to get your stuff made, then people will finally see your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but Mortified and the Moth provide a way for me to share um, some of my writings and some of my stories in a, in a more unconventional way. So that's really friendly. It's nice. I think that's awesome that you put, the thing that I love about you is that not only are you a workaholic in terms of you're always writing stories and writing content of writing, writing, writing. I don't like... I know people who just sit around waiting for something to like fall upon their head and suddenly everything will work. Like you work and then you also put it out there. Like you're like, hey, look at this. Give me feedback. Like try this out. Try this out. Like, I don't know. I get inspired by Naomi because she's just like a real go-getter. 
I mean, it, the hustle is half the battle. Like, yeah. If you're not hustling, more, then it's like... Right? It's more than well, it's, half. It's like the first... Like, it's the first part of it, right? If, right? if you don't hustle, then you only have, like... I guess you only have yourself to blame or... And then people just end up blaming the situation or... I just feel like, like it's yeah. a rushing river. Like, it's the Grand Rapids. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you need to just dive in. Because it'll never... You'll never be able to just... I'm going to tiptoe my way in. No. No. Jump, jump in head first. Yeah. Dive dive right in and start start swimming. Swim. Start swimming real fast. Yo. <laughs> real hard. Real um, hard. Be ready. Yeah. Turbulence. Well, I think, you know, I think for a lot of people, they don't realize that writing isn't, isn't a sitting game. You know, you can't, you can't sit around. You gotta, you have to, you know, as a writer no matter what medium you do, you have to constantly be reading and you have to constantly be writing. And, you know, because here's the thing, 99% of your ideas are going to be shit. <laughs> and um, 99 ideas are Let's not... Just lean into that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that your crap isn't good. Like the stuff that you write, most of it is very bad. Mm-hmm. And and you have to write and keep writing so you can flush out all the crap and get and reach upon something that you can work with. Right. And... And, you know, that's what I'm doing now. That's why right now I'm exercising a new thing, which is my homoerotic fanfic <laughs> between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz called Patriots After Dark. Nice. The website is www.patriotsafterdark.com. There's a new installment every like Thursday. Yes. Every Thursday I drop a new chapter. Um, last week I had Jenny Yang contribute a very beautiful graphic. It was unbelievable and <laughs> and then um ethan okamoto uh, a young budding artist and filmmaker you can find him on youtube mindless films has created creates a graphic with me every week to go along with my story so, so you're looping in new teens into your erotic fan yeah. fiction empire <laughs> yes. oh my god i just opened up the website yeah so uh patriots after dark yes uh you know, just just uh, exercising my writing skills uh, every day, every week, um, as I you know try to uh, explore our political world in a different way. <laughs> you got you to work on those erotic fanfiction chops, or else they'll go away, right? That's true. Yeah. I do want to write a romance novel. Um, Scott Okamoto of Tuesday Night Cafe and overall cool Asian American dude. Of the Okamoto clan, yes. Yeah, of the Okamoto clan. He and I are working on a romance novel together because one, we want to get rich. And <laughs> and two, um it seems like there's this thing now in fiction where you can write a crappy book like Twilight. And then you can write a crappy fan fiction of Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey, and just make billions and billions of dollars. So Scott and I are writing our own romance novel that's a fan fiction of Fifty Shades of Grey that we're going to totally knock off and have it be our own. I feel like you're like inceptioning. Like this is the third level of fan fiction. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is we're now we're now hitting into the fir- third uh, tier of fan fiction. But you know he's got three kids and they got to go to college. You know and <laughs> and um, a better way to do it than do. We well, gotta assume like the fan fiction um, multiplier because I'm sure. Well, did Fifty Shades of Grey do better than Twilight? Yes, it did. It made yes. m- way more money, and it actually. Uh, 
fun fact, Fifty Shades of Grey started out being a fanfic for Twilight on the internet. So I think through like fanfiction.net, like through that site. And then because and then she just self-published it and then made a billion dollars. She they made so much money on that book that at Random House, the United States publisher that distributed Fifty Shades of Grey because she's originally from England, um, they gave everyone a $5,000 bonus. Like the janitors at Random House got a $5,000 bonus. You guys, think about what I could do <laughs> with the filth in my mind. <laughs> and at the very least, it'll be a better reading book. You know what? I don't even care. Like, as you could tell from my fanfic, I don't even proofread. <laughs> I don't even proofread. I don't have to proofread because when it comes to erotic fan fiction or just erotic writings no one's reading it for the the syntax the grammar (laughs) the the story structure spelling i don't know whatever they don't care (laughs) they're reading it because they want to you know they want to read that good that good thing they want to feel yeah they want to feel things (laughs) (laughs) and not necessarily in their chest but in their groin so (laughs) and and you know i know i'm not i'm not gonna name specific body parts because this is a family this is this is a family friendly podcast probably the Uh, only uh, family friendly podcast that i ever talk on with appreciate it (laughs) exactly family friendly i mean we're had at least like five f-bombs on this podcast already but but cleaner (laughs) okay you guys i was on um andrew t's um yo this is is this racist podcast and i just listened to one of the episodes today and i we were dropping the f-bomb like every other second so i i would consider this as progress for me very nice it's appreciate true. it i yeah. mean the whole explicit tag is all or nothing so like once we pass that threshold like whatever just cuss how you want well my <laughs> family members listen to this so. well they know that i cuss you i'm just saying well i'm so let's sorry talk about what um if say you were inspired by Naomi to write some erotic fan fiction, what would be your? Why are we asking me this? Ugh. Well, she's gonna help me co-write my yeah. romance novel because we all need money. Is it gonna be between <laughs> like Andy and Ben from Parks and Rec, or Ben and Rob Lowe's character? I forgot his name. Yeah. Chris Traeger. Chris, yes. What are you saying? No He's perfect human no, specimen. No, you guys don't know anything about fan fiction. Don't, I don't, so I feel like <laughs> this is a completely inappropriate question for so many reasons. You guys, no, 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 no. Ross and Joey. <laughs> well, they do cuddle, Marvin. <laughs> right, right. No, okay, no. Or Chandler you guys. and Joey because they're roommates. Okay, Air rule quotes. of thumb: we don't ever do fan fictions of comedies. Just rule of thumb. It just doesn't work that way. It's just not. It's just no. We stick to more serious topics where people take not serious topics where people stories where people take themselves too seriously and we use fan fiction to ridicule them. Therefore, you know, that's why Donald Trump. I also would like to once again plug my fanfic Patriots After Dark, which I'm providing for free on the on the website. (laughs) You know, this is this is for free, so this is good stuff. But also, like, we're hyperlinking. We're hyperlinking all the stuff that they say. So when, you know, for example, when Donald Trump called Ted Cruz a whack job, he literally called him a whack job. Of and course he did. I was like, I bet you he actually said that. that was, I was thinking in my head. So we, we hyperlink it. So, I yeah. mean, truth and fiction, yo. 
<laughs> Sorry. Patriotsafterdark.com. Read it. <laughs> Let's get Donald Trump mad at us. At Naomi. <laughs> Actually, I don't care if he got mad at me. That's interesting, though, because uh, I feel like the YA genre in general takes itself really seriously these days. What is the what? Young adult. Okay. It's like all the Twilights or the... Um, the fifth wave that's just part of being that age group though hunger games that's exactly what amy poehler talks about in her audiobook because she's saying like all her angsty stuff when she was 15 16 and talking about the depths and the darkness of the earth and how it's so hard to like hear her cry it's (laughs) you're totally feeding into all of that self-indulgent narcissistic sorry guys but this is just let's all as adults reflect on how overly dramatic we were as teenagers it's perfect truth yeah true part of life you have to go through that like oh my god yes they didn't call me back and my whole world is crumbling (laughs) wow look at look at how diverse this asian american community is you guys (laughs) look at how diverse we are look at look at this you you think we only talk about one subject no (laughs) we just spent a good half hour talking about erotic fan fiction (laughs) Suck it. I had no idea that that's what we were going to talk about. Yeah, that's why I was I was plugging the Harry Potter thing, but <laughs> it's all right. At least we didn't get into anime. I have nothing to say about anime. Neither do I. Yeah. Pass. That, that, was, that was my YA when I was a kid. Anyways, we have some emails this week. We have a email. Cool. Cool. So, um, yeah, like, we, like I mentioned in the break, if you send us an email, we will usually read it on the air and talk about it. So... We got an email this week from listener Al Chen. What's up, Al? He writes, hey, Marvin and Christine. He calls you Christine. Call me Minji. <laughs> I'm new to the podcast game, and Collabcast was one of the first podcasts I've started listening to about Asian American issues. I just listened to episode 51 and ha- just had some comments about some of the topics discussed in this episode. Um, as I've gotten older, my stance on Asians in the media have, have, has evolved as well. I used to engender the typical angry Asian man mentality that the whole system is unfair we need more Asians on TV. An ideological superstructure is keeping Asians from having more opportunities, etc. Now, there are countless YouTube celebrities and, of course, Eddie Huang doing his thing on Fresh Off the Boat. The reason why I think there aren't enough minorities nominated, nominated boils down to two issues. Number one, numbers. There simply aren't enough Asians in interesting roles in movies to warrant a nomination. From a pure number standpoint, if you have a small population to start from in the first place, the number of people nominated, of course, will be less. I do a lot of sales business development, so maybe this is just my mathematical approach to the issue. Also, it's created by white dudes for white dudes. I don't know much about how the Oscars started, but I'm guessing it was founded by heterosexual white men meant to celebrate other heterosexual white men. If Asians and other minorities feel underrepresented in this exclusive club, which it is, then we should start our own club, which is what collaboration is to a certain extent, right? I think feeling under, underrepresented in the Oscars is like a vegan restaurant not feeling represented in Zagat's, in Zagat's top 10 places to get steaks list. And a second comment is about the our immigrant mentality talk. Um, when Alex started talking about um, viewing our parents' lives through the perspective of a first-generation Asian American, the first thing I thought about was the parents' episode from Master of None. In some ways, I think Asian Americans sometimes over-dramatize the immigrant experience and mentality. Don't get me wrong, their lives were much more difficult than ours in terms of language, finances, etc. But when I talk to my parents and extended family about their lives back in Taiwan, all of them say it was a struggle, yes. It was a struggle, yes. But also one of the happiest times of their lives because they share the struggles with each other and many of their friends. So thanks for the email, Al. Um, let's touch upon that first because I think we can knock that out really quick, which is, yeah, you're totally right. It is a numbers thing. Uh, at the same time, 
the numbers are also influenced by decisions, right? Casting decisions, things made. Writing. Um, decisions made by people crunching numbers and saying, well, this actor is going to bring in more audience members than the other actors who, you know, they don't have as much data for, right? Things like, we've discussed this a lot in our early episodes, um, but... It's relatability, yeah. guys. I mean, again, Marvin approaches it from a very business standpoint, which I completely agree with, and it's absolutely part of any industry, no matter what you're talking about, film or tech or plastic spoons, what have you. It's a numbers game because people want to make money. However, I think that... I don't. I personally just don't think that... They like a bunch of white dudes got together and said, "Hey, we only want to make stuff for white." I don't think that was the intention. It was the people who were there in Hollywood, which were primarily heterosexual white men, and they decided that they wanted to acknowledge certain films, certain actors, certain right, whatever cinematography, based on their preference and their relatability. The vast majority of the population, yes, numbers wise, was has been white America. Right, but it's changing over the years. It's there's new demographics, there's new stories that needs to bubble to the surface, and it's going to take time. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there, I don't have as much hostility. It's all annoying. It pisses me off that it is the way that it is. But then when you look at it, it's like, well, they're looking at stuff that makes sense to them, that they connect with, that they think is good, and they don't have access to seeing a lot of other stuff. Well, I mean, that's the that's the thing, right? Like, these big studios are corporations, and corporations have to really focus on their bottom line because they have shareholders. And for them, you know, if they don't have the numbers that back up their decision to, to hire a Asian dude for this big role, like, it's it's a possibility that people will, you know, they can get fired or they can get ousted by shareholders by like not like well if you casted brad pitt instead of i don't know carrie fukunaga or whatever then <sighs> then this movie would have made 10 times as much so you're not making good business decisions and you shouldn't be ceo anymore or you shouldn't be casting director well anymore, there's that too know? but there are also people within the artistic community who do care about creating good art yeah it's it's a challenge to like convince people yeah with a, a buttload of money to say hey you should take this risk which yeah, everybody's so <laughs> risk friendly. Yeah, and we're we're seeing that now. Like we we mentioned that you know there are people going to festivals like Sundance looking for because of like we just mentioned earlier in this podcast, niche audiences are so much easier to get to these days that you know it becomes a more feasible business decision. Like there's people going to festivals like Sundance looking for more like different content because they're seeing that people want different content nowadays. Like people on the internet people on streaming can choose what they want to watch and now instead of trying to make a blanket like we need to make movies for everyone now they can make movies or deliver movies to specific audiences that you know might want more genre films or might want more um sexy harry potter fanfic films i don't know i don't know i think that the the world out there is being fed certain content that by certain numbers and by certain formulas or certain opinions are being recommended saying, oh, they'll like this, which has its own validity. And then there's also an audience out there who wants something fresh and new. Hence why Master of None did so well. And Alan Yang's amazing quote saying, thanks, white guys, straight white guys for holding it down for so long that anything else that's not about you is different and fresh and new. Well, Naomi, you have any input on this as the uh, Hollywood person here? Um, Well, I wouldn't call myself Hollywood, but okay. You know what? There's just so many different factors of why the stuff happens. So whatever. 
We just need... <laughs> let's just try to get more stuff out there because guess what? Um, YouTube stars don't equate Oscars and Asian Americans shouldn't just hold ourselves to YouTube. We should aspire ourselves to always create the best type of content there is. So... Word. Well, I, it's it's again, it's a slippery slope because YouTube has been such a good gateway and good place to like experiment and put yourselves out there, which I think just being part of collab for the last seven years is still a pretty big thing within the larger Asian American community where like I have friends that come to me because they know that I'm part of collaboration that I'm an actor and they want to go to class with me, like check out an acting class. They're like really just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And the struggle, the internal struggle, I think is still very real of like relinquishing a secure job and coming out to your parents that you want to be an artist. Things like that is still a really big struggle. So for me, like as much as I see all of these bigger structural issues and yes, they're going to keep creating more content that they can relate to. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but even just like this goes beyond race, but just even roles for women. We mm-hmm. have gone so backwards in the last few years with roles for women. It's become such an ensemble male cast with one woman who's usually Scarlett Johansson. I've said this 8,000 times because it's still true. It's happening again with Hail Caesar, right? Mm-hmm. Um People just write what they know, right? So if the vast majority of the writers, the people like 85% of the writers are white men, vast majority are heterosexual, then can you blame them for like, what are they going to do? Like suddenly jump into someone else's life experience and then, you know, reflect in a deep way, deep, meaningful way about some other life? Like, no, they're not. So that gets into the the underlying um, goal of organizations like CAPE or you know, VC, which Visual is getting more people Can. behind Collaboration. the camera. Collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Getting more people. We want to create, this is our, this is what's really crystallized over the last few months in particular with this particular discussion being so strong. I've looked at it from so many different angles and I don't agree with everything that's being put out there. I don't have the same type of rage against any particular person. I'm annoyed that this exists, but in light of that, then... The real solution is create droves of artists. Mm-hmm. That is my solution. That is what I have decided to dedicate my career, my energy, my conversation, my voice to. If y'all want to be creative, then go freaking do it, right? If it starts small, then start small. But yes. start, yeah. right? Yes. And at the end of the day, down the road, this conversation will be completely irrelevant. I really, truly believe that. The complaining has made its impact right people are outraged and sometimes you need that outrage to prompt action right you're so pissed off that you're like i don't want to talk about this anymore this is stupid this is annoying like i'm gonna go write my own movie then go do it please submit it to sundance go to Cannes. go to south by southwest there's all these go to slam dance there's so many different opportunities go to your local theater for god's sake that's my response to all of this yes um i don't think it's like white people in a club trying to kick everybody out i don't Personally, just don't believe that. I think they're sticking to what they know. They're risk averse like any human being is, right? And we got to, like, it, and even if they are, I don't know. Like, we just got to show up. I, I agree. It's just. And YouTube's part of that, my yeah. personal opinion. It's yeah. part of showing up. Showing yeah. them the numbers. Like, Yeah, I think I think YouTube is a great, great facility. I think, you know, we just, we just need to flood the market with, with, different content yeah and and that's what i mean like i don't want to down i don't want to smack talk youtube i think youtube is a great way but you know as a collective right yeah as a collective asian americans 
let's give ourselves a big pat on the back because we we have dominated YouTube and good for us. Mm -hmm. But we need to dominate different mediums in different ways and different types of art and representation. Mm -hmm. Like we have flooded YouTube. So if we can do that, then I think we don't have, we're not going to have such an issue. But podcasting, because I went to a podcast festival and the amount of like white dudes is crazy. Yes. They have a Sundance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, Minji, I've been, I've been to Sundance too. And, you know, I know what it's like being the only Asian American there besides Steven Yoon. Like, I remember us walking on Main Street in Park City and I looked at him like, what? There was another Asian here? I thought I was the only Asian (laughs) here. So Did you see that um, scene from um, the Fresh Out the Boat this week um, where they talked about finding the only other Chinese guy in Orlando? And he's like, guys walk on the street and then. Uh, Randall and Constance like waving vigorously like look hi Chinese look at us look at us there were definitely more Asian Americans at Sundance than um, like just me and the VC people Mm -hmm. but again I wonder like were they people that were in the films were they there to enjoy it again in any case I'm glad that they were there yeah we've got to show up like yeah so young Kim she also competed with Andrew on in the dramatic competition. Very nice. With Carrie Fukunaga actually acting in that movie. Hey, anyway, anyway, gotta watch that. Anyway, here, you know, here's the thing. I think you know, Asian Americans. What we do really well is that you know we we complain, we we get mad, but then also we gotta put our heads down and get to work. Up. Yeah, and get just get to work. You know, you think you can do better? Then <laughs> we we let's do better. Yeah, let's get some skin in the game. Yes. Yeah. All right. Take off your shirt, hot Asian men. <laughs> Please do. Speaking of parents and stuff, uh, do we? <laughs> that's a terrible. Um, the second point that he made was about how um, we tend to over dramatize the immigrant experience, and to that I would just say, like everyone's experience is different. Um, I'm sure your family probably did have great times in Taiwan, and I um, you know came here like the struggle was part of their story. I know for my personal story, my dad came to the States without a job and with me as a baby. Mm-hmm. And for a while, we didn't have a home. And for him, every day was like, it was a struggle just to like keep, keep me fed, mm-hmm. right? I, I was sent to go live with my grandparents for like half a year mm-hmm. while he was getting settled down. And I don't think I'm over-dramatizing the fact that like, yeah. You like, can't over-dramatize yeah. that. That's your life. <laughs> But like we, there, there are families. There are many different experiences where families were torn apart. They could not be together. My my dad and mom spent a year. They just gotten married. They spent a year apart because he was coming to the states first to try to settle down, find a job, like figure things out before she could even come. And that was hard for them as newlyweds. They were in their twenties, and you know everyone has their different experiences, right? Yeah. And I think some people really did endure a lot. There's. I'm sorry, but like Vietnamese Americans had a completely different experience in terms of yeah. being refugees from their own homes Any and having family, like yeah, yeah, so many, right? You know, and and he, you know, here's the thing, man. Um, Aziz Ansari and Alan Yang, they are just two Asian Americans in a field of where Asian Americans are are big, and you know, there are billions of us Asian people in the world, and you know what? That's just their experiences. That's just them. And I and I have to say, I don't think they're over-dramatizing it. I think, you know, right now, as more Asian Americans are entering into um, media rep- visual representation in terms of TV, you know, once again, we only got three shows, you guys. We got Dr. Ken, we got Fresh Off the Boat, and we got Master of None. That's three shows out of what, like 400 shows? Ken yeah. Jung made an excellent point about this. 
that there's only like three Asian American shows out of 400. Yeah. You know what? All our experiences are different. And you know, as we, as we get older, I mean, as not, sorry, not as we get older, but as we, as Asian American content creators, as Asian American writers and directors write more about their experiences, different experiences will come up. We're not, it's not the end or all or be all that Aziz Ansari and Alan Yang's personal experiences with their own parents is going to define a generation of Asian Americans. Right. That's just one. Those are just two dudes. And, you know, and more more is going to happen. Word. Word. I second that. I Thanks like for writing out. Hope, um, hope you don't mind us um, commenting on your comments, but that's what you happens when you write in so if anyone else wants to write in and ask us a question um, um discuss anything with us uh, feel free our email is podcast at collaboration.org and we're always happy to hear from you well guys or girls well girls well my friends <laughs> thank you Marvin. it's been God, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> melvin it's been a it's been a great podcast um thank you so much naomi for joining us of um, course if they want to find your stuff online besides www.patriotsafterdark.com my favorite where can they find other works of yours and your thoughts on yes Twitter? i think uh you sh- could always come to my website I mean, go to my website, uh, com. Yes, I'm ripping off Konami, whatever. Um, <laughs> konaomi.com. And yeah, because I have some stuff in the progress that we can't talk about. But I was so excited, excited about it. But <laughs> I would love, um, once we can, I would love to share it with the world. Yeah. Please do. Awesome. Thank you for coming. Yeah, Thank thanks you. so much. Um, and... Wow, that was episode 53, episode one of season two of the collab cast. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I'm yeah. part of the season premiere? You yeah. are. Oh, oh. <laughs> Y'all don't even know how excited I am now. And our theme song this week is brought to you by the playwrights, um, Backyard Paris, uh, from their new album, Jane's Dad's Cadillacs. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. To my defense, but no offense, the view was that time.